0: This podcast contains sensitive content, which some may find disturbing. Information shared here should not be construed as medical advice. If you or someone you love needs help with trauma, chronic pain, or anything else we discuss here, please seek out a medical professional. All resources shared are for entertainment purposes only. All content represents the opinions of Kim and Anna and any special guests and do not necessarily reflect the positions of any organizations they work for.
1: This is not ideal, but we're going with it. A mother-daughter podcast about chronic pain, trauma, mental illness, and more. Kim is a trauma therapist and certified addiction counselor who lives in Pennsylvania, USA. And her daughter, Anna, is a scoliosis sufferer and trauma survivor living in the tropical north of Australia. Join us each week as they discuss topics from their life experiences. Welcome to the show.
0: Hello and welcome. This is Not Idea what We're Going With It, the podcast. I'm Kim and I'm the mom. And I'm Anna.
1: <laughs> I'm the daughter. And this is take 27 as per the usual, because we have not been recording for the last five or six weeks. And we want to apologize for that. But it is taking a hot minute to get back into the groove. <laughs> we have been dealing with a lot. I just moved to New South Wales from Victoria, which it those two things are bordering states but it's not the same as moving from like New York to New Jersey or Pennsylvania to New Jersey it's it was a big drive it's like 13 hours so it was a move it was a big move and also in addition to that mom and i have both been pushed and pulled to the to and from the brink of pandemic depression many times which which tm
0: anna's trademarking that term with the hopes of making millions
1: oh am i pandemic depression
0: <laughs> pd <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway Yeah, we've been having quite a go of it. And yet here we are. And we are glad to be back with you talking about all the important things that matter to us and possibly you could care less about. (laughs) (laughs) But once again, we are thinking about trauma.
1: As always, do we think about anything else?
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, we do. But I have a few things I want to I want to talk to you about tonight, Anna. Oh, one uh-huh. of them is one of my favorite books by Judith Lewis Herman called Trauma and Recovery.
1: Really quick, how many times have you read, how many times have you read it?
0: Like at least three times, probably.
1: Oh, really? Okay, wow. I thought it was going to be like a well, I started it a decade ago, no, but never Anna, finished it. But I'm realizing nice. that that's more of a me thing. Is to say, I love that book, but. Never actually finished it. All right, sorry. Go on. That's a good. That's a good attempt
0: at recovering your little foyer into rudeness. But
1: okay, <laughs> you sassy. Remember that everything that I am, I got from you. So not, not
0: untrue, <laughs> or in other <laughs> words, <laughs> false. False. <laughs> 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 All right, Judith Lewis Herman. This is the book. This is like the basic, basic text for complex trauma, but it's called trauma and recovery, the aftermath of violence from domestic abuse to political terror. So here is a quote from this book. I want to hear your feedback on it. Uh Psychological trauma is an affliction of the powerless. At the moment of trauma, the victim is rendered helpless by overwhelming force. When the force is that of nature, we speak of disasters. When the force is that of other human beings, we speak of atrocities. Traumatic events overwhelm the ordinary systems of care that give people a sense of control, connection, and meaning.
1: Oh, my word. That is a
0: phenomenal quote. Thank you. I know. Holy cow. I mean, it's not my quote. It's Judith Lewis Tattoo
1: that on my back. I love that.
0: No, that would be too big of a tattoo. Plus, too sad. But
1: yeah. yeah. That's true. Also, people would be like, whoa, (laughs) what have you been through, babe? (laughs) That's yikes.net. Yes.
0: But I shared this quote, Anna, because of an article I was also reading about PTSD in the Philadelphia Magazine. And the title of that article is, by the way, it's by Gina Tomain of the Health and Wellness Editor. Uh,
1: hold on. I need to, hold on. Let me quick <laughs> click my pen. Got to write that down for my APA references later.
0: <laughs> good. Good. I'm glad. Uh, the title of the article is, Will We All Have PTSD? From dealing with COVID nineteen, so obviously Judith Herman wrote her book many, many, many years ago. But right now, with what's happening in our world, a lot of there's a lot of theory that this is causing PTSD. I just wondered what your thoughts are. Is COVID nineteen causing PTSD, and if so, why? Go.
1: Well, I just think that that is an incredible. Yeah, I mean, the helplessness that that quote talks about. Absolutely, I think the entire world is experiencing right now. I mean. Certainly in the States where you guys have had like shelter in place orders and, you know, having to wear masks constantly, you know, stuff like that. Absolutely. I mean, that's helplessness central over here. It's not quite so bad. So I'm not sure. You know, I think that certain places that are experiencing COVID-19 on like next level, which is most of the U.S. right now. Absolutely. A lot of people are going to have PTSD from that. But I mean, here, it's really, it's not quite as bad of a thing. I got to be real with you. We've still had under 10,000 cases countrywide, you know, nationwide for the whole, the whole, not just second wave, like the whole thing. Whereas you guys have had like 3 million something, I think. Well, I mean,
0: I think there's obviously a difference in how many people we each have in our countries, but the issue... Like the quote was talking about, the issue is the level of unpredictability, the level of uncertainty, lack of control, like you said, lack of connection, and of course, previous trauma factors in there too. So people who've had any kind of trauma already or were trying to recover from that, this has just been, you know, like Judith Herman said, it overwhelms your attempts at trying to maintain connection Uh and what...
1: (laughs) What are you laughing at? I'm thinking of that sound clip that's like, Judy. What? <laughs> Have you heard that before? No. It's some little song. It's like a really happy-go-lucky song. And Anyway, okay. <laughs> I'll try and find it. Maybe we'll post it on one of our social media pages later.
0: That had the wor- name Judy in it?
1: Judy, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. No, I don't want to do that right no. now. I want to
0: keep talking about this. Now listen to me. Here's another article that I want you to get your feedback on.
1: Wait, hold on. First of all, I wanted to say, you mentioned how I said I talked about a lack of connection. That was in a previous take, not this one. What I mentioned in a previous take talking about the same topic was that I think that the PTSD that is going to happen is going to be attachment trauma that happens to extroverts and people who are already recovering from trauma who needed or who were in the process of needing like a support system slash routine day to day that involved other people and seeing other people face to face because the sudden and total withdrawal of human contact, I think is definitely going to cause trauma in some people. And I think that that was, that's probably the hardest thing of this entire thing that's happened to me, that, and also the withdrawal of travel. So those two things have been hard for me. (laughs) And that's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to quick switch the topic to me. And then now that I've done that, we can go back.
0: Gotcha. Well, and so not only do we have the pandemic causing PTSD, it sounds like, but we also now have just this article from out of Minneapolis that says 150 Minneapolis police officers seeking disability for PTSD following the riots. So a lot of the people involved in trying to either try to maintain control in the riots or, or whatever. Also having PTSD, I'm assuming people who've been involved in the riots may also, I don't have any articles on that. So anyway, yeah. So we're, we just have had a tremendous, two massive reasons why PTSD now is in the news and people are talking about it and people are realizing this is traumatic stress and I'm not handling it well. So yeah, go ahead.
1: What I wanted to say is that I found this the sound. Oh
0: my word. <laughs> Anna! It. No, it's, uh, <laughs> Listen. You can't no, no, you can't play it. What was that? You can't play it because it's probably copywritten.
1: No, I can totally play it. Alright, let me hear it. <laughs> Listen.
0: <laughs> Judy 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 Bobooty Banana Fana Fafooty, me my, my momudi, Judy, Fafooty, Yeah, me, that's pie, what I was moody. thinking of. Judy. Yeah, that's no, no, a, no. that's from like, what is that from the musketeers or something? Kim, Kim, Bobim, Banana, Fana
1: Fofim, Fee, Fi, Fomim. Whoa, I struck Kim. a chord. <laughs> no, we used to do that as kids. How did you not get that when I said that song that says Judy? <laughs> because you didn't say Judy, Judy, Booty Banana, Fana Fo <laughs> But in the beginning it says the name game Judy. And then it goes into Judy Judy Bo Booty. But A, hey, you Listen. didn't say the name game.
0: <laughs> you also didn't say Judy Judy Bo Booty. You you gave the one you gave the one part of the song that's absolutely indistinguishable from just saying my mom's name. You said Judy. <laughs> that was that was oh, that word. was your big I that was your really big clue just felt my
1: eyes pop out of my head a little bit that, that was <laughs>
0: your big clue that you thought i should just snatch on you but no okay don't do you remember that song judy, judy. <laughs> no i don't oh
1: my word well, well had you so said
0: Had you said do you remember that song judy judy <laughs> Booty banana i'd be like yes <laughs> i know that song it's the name game
1: well, that's what I was thinking of when you said that the author of that article's name was Judith and you kept saying her whole name. Not the article. She wrote the book. She wrote the book. Get it straight, but, girl. Oh, yeah, check that. I thought for sure you said that her name was Judy, the one who wrote Judith, the article. Judith. What did I? Yeah, go back no. and
0: check. No, it wasn't Judy. It was who like the
1: author of the article.
0: Um, I deleted it already. So, so now I, I got what was it called? I'll look word. it up right
1: now. Pennsylvania online magazine. Oh, it was <laughs> online magazine. Will everyone? No, was- have PTSD. I found after-
0: it. I found it. Oh, you found it. Why didn't you stop? Gina, Gina, oh. Gina, Bobina, Banana, Banana, <laughs> me, my Momina. Gina was the name of the article author from a Philadelphia Magazine. Will we all have PTSD from dealing with COVID nineteen? Will we all have PTSD? What do you think about that title?
1: Will we all? No, I think fake news. I think not all of us will have PTSD from that.
0: Right, and I think they actually go on to talk, kind of talk that through. So, oh, good. Anyway, I think it's really interesting that we have a that we have a trauma podcast and that suddenly it's on, it's definitely on the rise. And so hopefully we can continue offering good, good content for trauma survivors since all of us are dealing with it.
1: One of the things that I was actually have been thinking about recently is that I really believe that the next generation, so my generation's kids, or even that, you know, they already obviously already started happening. (laughs) But currently the children
0: that are young. What already started happening? Your generation's kids. I don't, I'm, I'm completely lost.
1: Yeah. My generation has already begun to have children, even though I have not. That was my point. Oh, anyway.
0: oh, oh, gotcha. The next
1: gotcha. gen. I don't know what they're being called. Gen Z.
0: Why don't you Google that? We have to give them accurate information like we always do. We always try to give the most accurate what information. The
1: youngest generation <laughs> called right now? All right. <laughs> generation it's Z. Come. Generation Z. That's what you are? You're Generation no. Z? Oh my word. No. Well, what
0: age is... What age is Generation Z? I think you are.
1: Don't even. Oh my word! How? What oh. age is what generation, generation? Am I? Okay. Let's see here. I am Gen Z. What? And Aaron is Gen is Millennial, also known as Gen Y. However, what I wanted to say was that I think that fine Gen Z, which fine, I'm happy for that to include me. Whatever.
0: But what generation? What one am I?
1: Well, if you don't
0: want your info being on the online, you <laughs> can edit that out. I already said that. You. <laughs> you can still tell me what... You know when my birth
1: date is. You can tell generation me. Generation X. And then Thank parentheses, you. baby bust. <laughs> is your generation? I am not
0: baby bust.
1: Look it up, boo. You are. Generation X in parentheses, baby bust. Baby bust. What's that mean even? maybe you guys were all chunky when you came out baby bust generation here we go welcome to google with kim and anna all righty baby bust i've never even heard that. i've heard a baby boomer are you sure you don't mean boomer i'm positive it followed the baby boomers yep generation x is the demographic cohort following the baby boomers wait generation x followed the baby boomers wait hold on
0: i'm trying to speed read I will tell you. There's a variety of different people who think different ages are different things. Judy, Judy, so, the booty. banana for uh-huh. booty.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> Judy, do you know that song?
0: <laughs> what song, Judy? Judy. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Um, ever shut up. <laughs> Oddly, that just sounds like someone yelling a female's name, but I guess if it's a great song, it's, it's, it's really, it's got a lot of, it's got a, it's got a catchy
1: lyric. Yeah. Look at this article by the Atlantic.com. Bye bye boomers. This is the age of baby busters. So I'm not sure that's what? a very good thing to be thought of as, as a baby buster. So I, so <laughs> you're saying like, what do you do for a living? I'm
0: a baby buster. So I- So, we all, like, we somehow must have busted something up. Like, maybe there was, like, some kind of trend. and
1: Yeah, the economy.
0: Yeah. What? Agreed. I did not bust up the economy. I got a job when I was 13. And I I was Tilly the talking Christmas tree. I worked hard. I
1: worked hard and I... Let's tell that story really quick about those guys that thought that you're you're because you could like move your eyes right or something, and you know those those teenage kids who thought no, that I they could move my a... head.
0: No, okay. So, Tilly the talking Christmas tree was a gigantic green foil hollowed out Christmas tree with a big face, and you got inside. There were double mirrors, and it
1: already sounds like the stuff of nightmares. Just to and it was
0: set up in the middle of the mall because my mom was the promotion director of the mall. And it was it would have those little what do you call those kiosk ropes around it just like for Santa you had to get in line to talk
1: no not (laughs) tensile like the ropes you know like the thing
0: oh my word
1: it's oh my word what it's a partition you know those
0: big thick rope things that keep like they they keep herds in line (laughs) so you got in line and the the whole point is you had to get in line okay and Uh you met you talked with Tilly just like you, Tilly the talking Christmas tree, just like you got in line to talk to Santa. Uh-huh. And then we were hired. You bollards. Get inside to- Gold
1: bollards is what they're called. What is that? <laughs> You're talking about the really thick ropes that hang from the little waist high poles, right? To keep people in line. Yeah. Yeah. They're called bollards. I think.
0: I (laughs) I don't think so. I think that's fake news. You might want (laughs) to check your sources on that one, Anna.
1: No, ballers (laughs) are the poles and then the ropes are the ropes.
0: Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So inside the little Christmas tree, it was like a little dark fort. And then you could see out through a double two-sided mirror. They couldn't see you that you were in there. And then you ran the mouth. The mouth was a great big pink smile and it was on a piece of wood and it had a track that went up and down and you pressed a pedal and the mouth, when you talked, the mouth just went up and down while, while you talked to people. Uh And then you could turn the whole head. That was what you're thinking. Turning the eyes, like a submarine inside there. You had like a, like a submarine.
1: Okay. We don't need, we don't need the schematics of Tilly. The talking Christmas tree. What we need is the story. Get, get to the good part.
0: Well, I don't remember the story that you're talking about, but the one that comes to mind first was that I was in the middle of talking to someone and I I, I saw something fall from, a, from up above and the look on the little child's face was one of sheer horror and that was because my, my mouth had fallen off. So, so I just had a big stick. It looked like Tilly had a cigarette just sticking straight out of her mouth and my mouth was going up and down and the dad's like, security, security. And so then the security guard and the dad put the mouth back on so that was nice
1: the one I was thinking of was the how the teenage kids used to think that it was like a tile on the floor that they had to step on to like make tilly move and then you would like not move and then and then you would like follow them across the room that used to make me laugh so hard when you would tell that story to me as a kid
0: oh you're so sweet yeah yeah I would let people think that they were tripping like an automatic message within Tilly. So they'd step on the circle and I'd be like, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And then they'd step <laughs> off and then I'd they'd step on and I'd be like, ho, 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 have you seen Santa yet? You know, and then they'd step off, I, they'd step back on and I would be like, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. You know, and they'd step back off and they're like, that's how it is. And then when they walked by, I turned the head very slowly and walked. <laughs> watch them and the Uh, the cool thing was the head could go all the way around we weren't supposed to turn in a complete 360 but I turned I would turn the head while they're walking all the way down the mall and I would still be looking at them from far far away (laughs) yeah that's only when that's only when I felt like messing with people you were a comedic genius from about age five. I don't know about that, but that, that was it was kind of a long shift. I mean, you you'd be in that thing <laughs> for six hours. I mean, you know.
1: Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. And that's child labor. And that is on child labor. <laughs> and then you had to get out the little door.
0: No, you we were old enough to work. We're allowed to work.
1: You said you were thirteen.
0: Yeah, you can get a work permit back when I was a kid. You worked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to emphasis on back when you were a kid before child labor laws became stricter i don't I think you can still get a work
0: permit when you're like fifteen you in Michigan fourteen fifteen, okay, don't google it, don't google it Michigan stop. <laughs> plus stop it, plus, I don't know, I might have been sixteen, who knows uh-huh uh-huh, okay, sure, listen,
1: regardless, it's a great story, and I love everything about it.
0: Oh my word, have you heard? The word irregardless has become an official word.
1: I already actually did know that. Yes, true.
0: What did you do about that?
1: What How did, did you allow it? that to happen? It's It's been that way since, uh, since ages ago. No, it just became a real word. They just... No, because I remember looking it up while I was still in high school because I was so mad no, about it.
0: Yeah. But I mean, they officially accepted it now.
1: <clears throat> irregardless is a word sometimes used in place of regardless or irrespective, which has caused controversy since the earliest 20... 20- 20th century though the word appeared in print as early as 1795 interesting okay really? listen yeah apparently those people in the 1700s weren't the sharpest tools in the shed uh not that that's any surprise.
0: <laughs> Anna, they were a lot a lot sharper
1: yeah.
0: actually but anyway
1: okay listen i was in saying something before we got sidetracked by
0: go ahead what are you saying
1: <laughs> what i was saying about the youngest generation so gen z how did we get on tilly the talking christmas tree
0: I don't know. Listen. Well, how do we get on generations? We're talking about trauma here. How do
1: we get on? Shut up. The reason is because I really believe that counseling is going to become extremely popular in the youngest generation because I believe that people my age slash, I, I guess, slightly older, so I guess generation X as well, believe a lot more in the merits of counseling and in how great therapy is and that it shouldn't be stigmatized. And so I really think that they are all going to raise their children in a non-stigmatized society towards counseling.
0: Very interesting.
1: And so I think that society is going to have a huge boom as far as psychological health goes, because the stigma is going to be removed. Because you know that in your generation, the one above you, you know, there's still some, especially in the one above you, there's a lot of stigma surrounding counseling.
0: So the one above me was the boomers. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's why I busted on them. I'm a baby yeah. buster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Totally. And, you know, th- there was this dynamic of like, oh, sh- did you hear that she has she's in counseling? Like, did you hear that she had to go and, you know, mm-hmm. she's on meds now and, you know, she's literally crazy, you know, stuff like that. But in my mm-hmm. generation, it's like shout from the rooftop, I'm looking for a therapist and somebody else shouts back, I've tried 17 and here's the best one that I found. I think
0: that's a really good point. I think that's a really good point and that's really yeah. good news because Totally. Yeah, I think therapy is so important. And I I mean, it would be really nice if all relationships were just therapeutic, right? So true. Where everyone gave everyone space to be seen, heard, felt, Mm. and believed. Wouldn't that that be nice? (laughs) That doesn't seem too hard. (laughs) That's the world I want to live in, baby. That doesn't seem too
1: hard. Yeah, well, you know what, but I think that the first step is breaking down the stigma surrounding having a healthy mind and a healthy internal monologue. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I am 100% in support of that. I'm not sure how I got onto that topic, but it did relate to something earlier in this podcast, because that's what I really wanted to say regarding the last important thing that you said before we went into (laughs) a long tangential track of lots of unimportant things.
0: (laughs) So since part of our issue is our memory isn't as good as it used to be. We'll have to just uh, re-listen to the episode to figure out where we were going with that. But in any event, it's a great point.
1: Thank you. And I'm so excited about it. You know what? And I mean, that's the field that I'm going into. That's what you're going into. So what you're already in, obviously. So I just think it's great. Something
0: I think that needs to continue to propel that movement forward is the use of labels to not use labels at all, to not label. In what
1: context do you mean?
0: Oh, just like, you know, labeling someone. As what? Any kind of negative label, whether like, whether it's alcoholic or labeling someone crazy.
1: Okay. Like based on their condition.
0: Yeah. Labeling, you know, any kind of, any kind of label, which is, you know, brings with it a lot of judgmentalism, which I, truthfully, I think it's interesting. You would say that people are more accepting of counseling, but it really feels to me Tell me what you think about this. Mm -hmm. The judgmentalism is on the rise Hmm. at large. And so it's like, there's a lot of fear of taking a misstep. Like even with this mask thing, there's, you know, the sense of like, of course, as you know, I am wearing a mask wherever I go. But there's the sense that you could do the wrong thing with the mask and a bunch of people would be mad at you. And, you know, no one, no one likes.
1: Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head because I don't think that it's that judgmentalism is on the rise as far as you know, everybody is judging you for having an opinion at all. I think it's that if you have an opinion that differs from the masses, you know, from like the main voice that's going out currently from society, especially in the West, because here it's not quite as defined. But in the States, I think there is one specific voice that's covering most of the media, most of the young people, most of like even social media. And if you say anything that differs from those parameters, then yeah, I think that there's a lot of judgmentalism that comes with that. But I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's like general, I don't know, I haven't really thought about it that much.
0: I feel like it's just so, so much judgmentalism and mockery way more than it was even 10 years ago. And it just increases just anxiety Anxiety. with being, you know, just trying to, trying to be understood, right? You don't have an opportunity for someone to actually try to hear and listen and, and understand.
1: That's so true because, you know what, I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety even right now talking about this on our podcast.
0: (laughs) Really? You are? What do you mean?
1: Well, because there's just, you know, there's definitely this culture of, you know, you're going to be crucified if you make a single misstep, if you say anything that's not politically correct or, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's been going on for a long time.
0: All right. Well, maybe we shouldn't say anything else then since we both. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, but I I think that that's absolutely right. And that's why, you know, I it's just discouraging. I really, yeah. I really, really love the concept of unconditional acceptance, which does not yeah. mean approval. Absolutely. It means that yeah. when I engage you, I may completely disagree with your perspective and even what you're deciding to do with your perspective, but I can still sit and treat you like an incredibly valuable human being and try to understand how you became so passionate about something or what it is that you are hoping to do with that strong perspective.
1: So true. I totally agree. And I also think that a lot of the surrounding environment that often fosters poor mental health is an environment of shame and feeling like everybody else is.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's a great point.
1: Totally just ladling shame onto you. And then you absorb that shame and you, you know, start shaming yourself. And absolutely, I think that shame is one of those things that we could absolutely do totally without in this world. You know, loving correction is one thing. Concern is one thing. If you go up to the person and you say, listen, I'm a little bit concerned about the way that you're acting or something like that, but shaming another person, no. Get out, hit the road, Jack, hate it.
0: (laughs) So maybe give an example of what it means to shame someone versus what it means to just...
1: I want to hear your example. How about you give an example?
0: Well, I just think of you're trying to make the person feel worthless. Like their perspective makes them worthless, which isn't possible because every human has, has worth and value. Even, even if they have a a perspective that you find utterly, what's the word I'm looking for, Anna? Utterly. Execrable. (laughs) What What was it? Execrable. What's that mean? That sounds like like excrement.
1: Well, probably comes from a similar root. Just like detestable, absolutely insufferable, hate it. Okay. Can't tolerate it. Intolerable. Maybe you think. Mm -hmm. I was thinking like
0: the word that was in my head is abrasive, but that's not strong enough. There's a, there's a stronger word, but I can't think of it. But anyway, but I can still, you know, if I feel secure and I am interested in being a safe person, I can treat that person as if they are valuable and try to understand without, you know, making, without shaming them or trying to control them with shame, criticism, condemnation.
1: That is absolutely the important bit is that, listen, everybody is entitled to their opinion. And even if it's an opinion that you really think is detestable or execrable.
0: Detestable. That's the word detestable? I was looking for.
1: I already I used so. it earlier. I was like, absolutely detestable. Uh, okay, whatever. Anyway, even if you think anathema, it's
0: anathema, anathema, That's the word I was looking for.
1: Okay. Even if you think that that person's opinion is absolutely terrible, you hate it, you want to throw it in the bin, it does not mean that you get to decide that that person goes in the bin. It's That's can,
0: very true. Yeah. Well said. You sad. can
1: hear the opinion and keep it outside of your bubble. It doesn't have to come into your personal space. And it's not your job to bin the whole person, okay? The person can just, you know, be wrong in your eyes. And that is okay. That's the way that the world is going to work. And we all have to accept that. And I think that that is an excellent note to end on.
0: Oh, and before we end on it, I want to mention a book about shame, that I have found helpful that I have read called The Soul of Shame by Kurt Thompson. Mm -hmm. He does come at it from a Christian perspective, but he is also an MD. I think he's a psychiatrist, but he says the byline is retelling the stories we believe about ourselves. Hmm. And of course, that often comes from someone outside of us shaming us, and then we kind of internalize it and keep re-shaming and retelling that story to ourselves. So.
1: Okay, and then one last thing that I want to finish with that totally relates is an emotional freedom technique that I love to use, which you can look that up on your own if you want to, also known as EFT, uh, emotional freedom techniques. And it's focusing, among other things, one part of it that I use every day is making your internal dialogue or monologue rather, because it's just you, (laughs) hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully, it's just you (laughs) in your head. I think it's okay to
0: say dialogue because we talk to ourselves.
1: Okay. Good point. But for me, this bit is a monologue and it just is saying you start with even though, and then you say the issue. So for me, it might be, even though this person thinks that I'm worthless, I, and then this is the scripted part. So you have to insert your own issue. And then this is the scripted part. I totally and deeply and completely accept myself. So even though I have this issue, I totally deeply and completely accept myself and I love myself. And my worth is not changed by someone else not agreeing with me or not liking me. Love it. Love it. <laughs> okay. Judy. All right. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Judy, Judy, Banana, <Judy. laughs> okay. Banana, Okay. We'll see you guys next love week. Love you. For with us. Love you too.
0: I was telling you that I love you.
1: Love you too. But also, I do love our listeners. I can't believe they yes. stuck with us over two years. Thank you,
0: listeners. You have been with us for two years. This is so exciting. We're so happy to be with you.
1: Well, not quite. It's been like a year and a half, I think. But
0: Well, okay. Well, <laughs> it's still a long time and way to go, listeners. <laughs> okay. We are glad to have you.
1: Okay.
0: I'm Kim. (laughs) I'm the mom signing off.
1: And I'm Anna. I'm the daughter. See you next week for more of the name game. (laughs) (laughs) Judy. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you guys for joining us today. Stay tuned for more podcasts from Anna and Kim on the new series, Not Ideal, But We're Going With It. Also, check out their new website at www.notideal.net.